edition of the Road to Six radio show. I'm Hayden, and you can find me on Twitter at the Cowboys Star. And as always, I'm here with Adam, who you can find on Twitter at DemBoys underscore News. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about after the Cowboys pulled off a huge win in Pittsburgh. Today we've got about a half-hour show where we're, we'll cover everything you need to know, Dallas Cowboys. So let's go ahead and get into it. Adam, how are you doing? Doing pretty good. Uh, feels great coming off that eight-game win streak. Oh, yeah. Uh, tied for the longest win streak in Cowboys history. A um, lot happened this weekend in Dallas Cowboy football nation. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of records being broken by two young rookies named Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. I've never heard of those guys. Who are they? You know, pretty good running back and pretty good quarterback. You know, first year in first year in the league. I think they're all right. Oh, we might hear more about them. I, I haven't heard of them yet, but maybe maybe someday I will. Maybe come playoff time, we'll hear a little bit about them. I sure hope so. Let's go ahead and get into the Steelers recap. Cowboys win 35-30. to uh, What are your opinions on that game? You know, I think that was Ezekiel Elliott's best game of the season, in my personal opinion. Dak, personally, didn't think he looked that great at first. Definitely got it going. That last drive really got it going, obviously. We only had about 50 seconds left. Drove us down the field. Zeke ran it in. I just I was really impressed by the two rookies again when it came in the clutch. Zeke had 23 touches for 209 total yards for an average yards per touch of 9.1 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, that's just incredible. As you mentioned, Dak did not look great in the first half, uh, and I would agree with you there. Uh, although on the game he has 22 for 32, 319 yards with two touchdowns, and of course the uh, fumble. Uh, 83 yards and a touchdown of that was credit to Ezekiel Elliott and the blocking. But nonetheless, Dak did have a great day. Yeah, that was definitely my play of the game, that 83-yard. I almost call it a run because yeah. it was all the offensive line in Zeke. Plus, even Terrence Williams was throwing some nice blocks down the field. I just really thought that that was the turning point of the game where I, I thought, all right, we might actually win this when it looked pretty gruesome there at the first at the first part of it. Yeah, as you know, I did predict the uh, Cowboys to lose that one, and I was feeling good about my prediction with a minute left after that fake spike, uh, unfortunately, but hey, uh, Dak proved me wrong with that last drive, uh, whether it was Witten making the catch or Zeke's 32-yard touchdown run, the Cowboys got it done, and if there's one thing that game proved to me, it was that any time Ezekiel Elliott touches the ball, there's the threat of a Dallas touchdown. Definitely, and we watched that. If you watched any college football last year or two years ago, the national championship run Ohio State made, you'd see that Zeke broke I don't know how many, but there's a chance when he touches the ball, he can take it. And especially behind our O-line, you saw them open up open up the Red Sea, like Zeke said there yeah. on that last play, and he just took it to the house. And he had three of those runs. One was, was it 14 yards? Yeah. One was 14 yards, one was 32 yards, and obviously the 83-yard catch. That dude's unbelievable. He's eclipsed 1,000 yards, and we're only nine games into the season. 
Yeah, he's only, I think, seven yards away, I saw, from Tony Dorsett's rookie cowboy record of rushing. And he's still got eight games left or seven games left. That's incredible. One, one yard per game, I think he can do that. I hope so. Um, if he doesn't, there will definitely be something wrong. Um, another thing about that game, the Cowboys overcame some seriously one-sided officiating. I saw some calls there that were very far against the Cowboys. Yeah, we saw that. Uh, I'm sure you saw all these pictures over Twitter. Uh, Beasley's head is like facing the other way, or his helmet at least. How is that not... How is that not a face mask? And then all the fans for the Steelers are whining that they called a face mask on that last drive. But we were driving. We were going to score anyway. Yeah, especially with the best kicker in NFL history. And and back to that Cole Beasley face mask, that looked fake. I know it wasn't, but that picture looks fake. It just looks so I don't disgusting. know how he wasn't hurt. Yeah, that, that did not look right. And another thing about Dan Bailey, he actually hit the longest field goal in Heinz Field history. 53 yards. That's kind of crazy that that's yeah, the longest I, I field goal. I saw that on Twitter, and it was hard <laughs> to believe, but uh, I looked at the account, and it was a verified NFL account. And, you know, I don't know how that's the longest. I understand it's a tough place to kick, but 53 yards, I know it's not short, but that's not what I would expect the longest field goal to be. And as we've talked about before, Dan Bailey pretty much automatic. I'm pretty sure that ball would have been good from 73, and it was right down the middle. Oh, yeah, that had another 15 yards on it at least. He... He is unbelievable. Uh, if, if you argue that he is not the best kicker in NFL history, I don't know how you can. I mean, there's some good kickers, but Dan Bailey is about as close as you can get to automatic. Isn't he the number one kicker uh, with field goal percentage in yeah, NFL history? Yeah, at like 89.9% or something. Yeah, he might so have you, gone over 90 by now. Yeah, you can't you can't say he's not the best of all time because he has the stats to back it up. Well, and his, his stats from over 50-plus yards is insane. He's like... He's almost automatic from 50-plus, mm-hmm. too. Seems like he's better from 50-plus, which yeah. is weird. All right, so another thing that the Cowboys had to overcome, Des Bryant lost his father the day before the game, and I just thought it was great that Des was able to go out there, still play, have a great game, six receptions for 116 yards, and touchdown. Yeah, Des was outstanding. It was good to see him get involved, especially that 50-yard touchdown to him. That was an awesome catch, and... Uh, any Cowboy fan that likes Dez, that was an emotional play right there. Uh, good to see. Yeah, definitely. We saw him point to the sky towards his father. We saw Dak come over and comfort him since he lost his mother in college. Just a really touching moment. Great to see as a Cowboys fan. Yeah, stuff like that that really brings teams together. It really really makes them brothers. Uh, if I remember correctly, Dez found out about the news when he was in the locker room and said there was no other place he'd rather find that news. So that really shows how close the team is and how it's basically a family. Yeah, they're certainly gelling this year, and let's hope they can keep it up and hope something doesn't stop the momentum that's rolling right now. Yeah, Cowboys actually have the best points differential in the NFL, better than the Patriots, better than the Seahawks, better than any team, at plus 88 points. Uh, That's the best by 10 points. The Patriots are in second by plus 78. So having that big of a margin, uh, I know they're 8-1, but having that big of a margin is pretty huge. Yeah, and also... Best record in the NFL now. Oh, yeah. It's uh, good to celebrate. We were always one game behind the Patriots because they played an extra game. Yeah, Yeah, or tied for that one week. Uh, It's good to be the solo best team in the NFL without argument. Exactly. And I think that we're going to have a nice face-off in the NFC Championship game. Seahawks-Cowboys. I'd love that. If it's in Jerry World, the way they're playing at Jerry World this year, undefeated. Uh, last year was like oh, we lost like eight games yeah home last field year, disadvantage. 
this year I think we're really making up for that. Uh, they they can't lose at home. Um, Should we move into the uh, Tony handing over the keys interview? Yeah, I guess it's time. Everybody's heard about it, but uh, I think I cried when I heard this the first time. Yeah, I think I think somebody was cutting onions near me. I didn't cry. Yeah. All right. So let's hear what Tony had to say about Dak. Seasons are fleeting. Games become more precious. Chances for success diminish. Your potential successor has arrived, injured two years in a row, and now in the mid-30s. The press is whispering. Everyone has doubts. You've spent your career working to get here. Now we have to start all over. You almost feel like an outsider. The coaches are sympathetic, but they still have to coach, and you're not there. It's a dark place. Probably the darkest it's ever been. You're sad and down and out, and you ask yourself, why did this have to happen? It's in this moment that you find out who you really are and what you're really about. You see, football is a meritocracy. You aren't handed anything. You earn everything, every single day, over and over again. You have to prove it. That's the way that the NFL, that's the way that football works. A great example of this is Dak Prescott and what he's done. He's earned the right to be our quarterback. As hard as that is for me to say, he's earned that right. He's guided our team to an 8-1 record, and that's hard to do. If you think for a second that I don't want to be out there, then you've probably never felt the pure ecstasy of competing and winning. <laughs> wow. Oh, it's on? Oh. Sorry, I was, uh, yeah, someone was cutting onions again while uh, we're playing the video, but, uh. For anyone that's been a long-time Cowboys fan, that is so hard. That is so hard to hear. We are all Tony fans. Such a great person, great player. Yeah, any real Cowboy fans understands uh, what Tony Romo has meant to this franchise since 2006, really. Uh, since he was drafted, honestly, and, and stepped in for Drew Bledsoe. Tony Romo has been a huge part of this franchise. Yeah, a lot of people like forget they... They just tried to say Dak is better than Romo right off the bat, which I'm not saying he isn't at the time because obviously he's coming off an injury. But they forget what Tony did. Yeah, we had all those 8-8 eight and eight seasons, but Tony was the only reason that we went 8-8. Eight and eight. We had no one. I mean, who were our running backs? Those teams were really bad teams with a good quarterback. They're literally like the Packers are this year with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is their whole team. They have nothing else, and that's why they're struggling. Yeah, it's, I think that's a perfect comparison to what the Cowboys were you know, before they started getting all the offensive linemen, it was that little, I think it was a six-year span from 07 to maybe a five-year span from 07 to 12, where we just kept going 8-8, eight and 9-7, eight, and seven, records like that. It was all Tony. Yeah, we had, I think, Felix Jones, Marion Barber, running backs like that. Tashard Choice. <laughs> Tashard Choice. I mean, he, had, he was throwing a T.O. Oh, yeah. So uh, Tony Romo has just been a huge part of the franchise. It, and watching that, it's if you're a real Cowboys fan, like I said, that's that hurts. Yeah, you definitely, if you're a real Cowboys fan, you definitely should tear up at that. I mean, at such respect for Tony just for coming out and doing that. He doesn't want to provide a distraction for anyone. He just wants to get it out on the table, move on, and uh, fulfill his role of becoming the backup quarterback, best backup quarterback in the NFL. Oh, by far. And, uh... <laughs> You know, he's he's a true cowboy at heart. Um, a lot of people are saying trade Tony. 
Personally, I disagree. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think we keep him. I say that Tony will be a coach eventually for the Cowboys. I say he could be an offensive coordinator as soon as maybe next year. I don't know how you work that out. I don't know how you work that out with the contract. I'm just saying if he's done playing, if he wants to play again, I think he's good enough. He could suit up again in the Cowboys. I don't think he's definitely done with the Cowboys starting-wise. I tweeted earlier, I think it was earlier today, about how we have not seen the last of Tony Romo. And I truly do believe that. I, I think Tony Romo, whether he steps in in, in unfortunate circumstances – or he comes in when we're up by five touchdowns in the Super Bowl. Wishful thinking. But I, I definitely don't think we've seen the last of Tony Romo. As much as people are going to hate me for saying this, a lot of people are blinded by the wins on the Cowboys, and Dak hasn't looked that good until the final drive. I, I hate saying that because a lot of people are going to get mad, but I'm just being honest. Yeah, I'm going to 100% back you up on that. and We're going to get a lot of haters for that. Um, but it's a fact. Dak really... I'm not saying he's looked bad. He's a rookie. Yeah, he's he's as far as rookie quarterbacks go, outstanding. He's he's about as good as they get. He is as good as they get. Unbelievable. He's, what did yeah. he tie the uh, win streak for? Uh, what did he tie Big Ben's oh, win streak? Bra- he beat Tom Brady. That was the start of season, but yeah. isn't isn't the current win streak? Oh is, yeah, the eight, he Big tied Ben's? Big Ben's win yeah. streak. Yeah. So as far as rookie quarterbacks go, Dak Prescott is as good as you get. But as far as quarterbacks go, I'm I'm sorry, but Dak. Isn't you know he's not the best quarterback in the NFL like people want him to be. I'm not saying he's not going to be in the future, but as of right now, he is not the best quarterback in the league. I'd compare him to Russell Wilson's first year in the yeah. NFL. Got put into a good situation, got his team to the playoffs, won one playoff game, and then he's out. Rookies, it's just going to be extremely hard for Dak to keep this up going into the playoffs, in my opinion. Yeah, I think Dak. A lot of people are on the Dak for MVP train, and you know what? As much as I love Dak. And like I said, we're going to get a lot of slack for this. But uh, if you put Dak on the New York Jets, what kind of quarterback is he? Mediocre? He's Bryce Petty. Yeah, which Bryce Petty looked pretty good. He did look pretty good, but I'm just saying. You put uh, Zeke on the Jets. You put the offensive line on the Jets. Zeke's better than Matt Forte. Zeke's the best running back in the league, and I firmly believe that. If you put the offensive line on the New York Jets, they're a a good team. That's That's a real contending team. But if you put Dak Prescott... I don't think they really improve that much, and for that reason, I'm I'm not fully on the Dak Prescott for MVP MVP train. And we're not saying we don't think Tony did the right thing. I think as of right now, the Cowboys are rolling, and I think they need to keep what's going. But we're still not we're saying that we don't think the Tony Dak conversation is over. If Dak starts to slip up a little bit, I think you have to consider putting Tony back in there, as we know what Tony is. Oh yeah, and I saw a lot of people on Twitter actually saying. This Tony speech means nothing. He was handed a piece of paper that someone typed up for him, and he read it. That's 100% not true because he did not have to do this press conference at all. He wrote this, and that shows how much time he put into this, how much he thought about this, to where he wrote that amazing speech and and had the guts to say it in front of the whole world. Yeah, it was completely voluntary. He did not have to do that at all. Not at all. Uh, And he said he would give another one. He didn't say a date, but he said, uh, if this doesn't answer any questions... I'm sure I'll be giving another one soon. So, I don't know if that tells me anything, but like we said, we have not seen the last of Tony Romo. Nope. So, we're going to move into our Twitter questions, which a lot of people are asking about that as well. <laughs> so, the first question comes from Kristen V. She says, what uniforms will Dem boys wear in Super Bowl 2017? Better be the white ones. I'm thinking the Color Rush, maybe? 
I honestly, as long as they're white jerseys, because the blue jerseys are bad luck. Yeah, and honestly, I really don't care what we're wearing as long as we are at Super Bowl. For the Super Bowl, we can. I don't care if they wear jean jackets out on the we field. We can go they skins. Can, I don't. I don't want that. Not redskins, but like skins. <laughs> I I don't know if I want that. Um. All right. Second question comes from Landy Compton. The people always have the weirdest names on here. No I'm offense like, to you, I, Landy. Yeah, no offense, but I'm just saying, like, all the people that ask questions seem to have weird names. There's no, like, Joe or Mike. Right. Corlone, we usually get. Corlone's my man, though. Yeah, he is. All right, so this question is, when will the Dallas Cowboys address the pass rush, pass rush issue we have on defense? Next draft, I'd say. Yeah, it's past the deadline, so I don't think we can really do anything now. I mean, I'm not really sure who's up for free agency in the uh, in the off season. I wouldn't be surprised if we went out for a veteran. I don't know any names right now. I wouldn't be surprised if we signed a veteran. I don't think we're going to go a full you know makeover of the defensive line. I do think we're going to draft a few D linemen though. And we uh, know we're not getting Randy Gregory anytime soon. No, but didn't Jerry say last week? I think I saw a report. This may have been in a dream, but I think I saw a report <laughs> that. Uh, he hasn't given up on Randy Gregory yet I, and I fully expects too. him to play for the Cowboys? Yeah, I don't think he's going to be playing this year no. because that guy has some problems. But if he can figure him out, he's a good player. Okay, so it wasn't a dream? No, it wasn't. Cool. I saw that today. Good to know. Yep. All right, next question comes from Panzer G 6 um, He says, how is Jalen progressing? Jalen? Um, yeah, I keep looking that up every day, looking for new news, and I just – Really can't find any. Yeah, I found some Looks today. Like he's progressing. Actually, and like we said earlier, if he's not active by week twelve, we have to put him on IR or release him. We're obviously not going to release him, so he's going to go on IR. This report. Oh. Yes, this report. Um, here's a quote from Jalen Smith. I mean, if you see me run, if you see me do drills, things like that, it would be hard to tell what's really going on with me. Based on the progression that's happened so far, I'm so astounded with the process. All the training staff just trusting me and putting trust in them and believing in them, and we're seeing results. And then later in the report, it says that he's progressing very well, but he will not be able to, most likely, be able to come back in the 2016 season. Yeah, I mean, I, I never really expected him to. And I also saw a headline this week. Uh, it said, if Jalon Smith pans out, this will be the best draft of all time. And at first I said, all right, that's a little overreaction. But when you look at it, you think Ezekiel Elliott, home run. Dak Prescott, fourth run, fourth round, I'm sorry, home run. Anthony Brown out of where you, Purdue, I believe. Yeah. Got him in the fifth round, and he's a lockdown, lockdown Brown. Lockdown Brown. Malik Collins, home run. I mean, there's no dra- there's no guy that got in the draft so far that's been a bust, and that's very, very rare. Yeah, I think this could go down as one of the greatest drafts in Cowboys history, personally. We got Zeke, Dak, if Jalen Smith pans out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And you said Malik Collins. Malik Collins is playing. No one expected him to even play. And same with Anthony Brown. Right. And then we we all forgot about Rico Gathers. His ceiling is unbelievably high. Also, Charles Tapper. He hasn't played yet, but his ceiling is extremely high, too. Yeah, I think this could go down not only one of the best drafts in Cowboy history, but history history. NFL history. Yeah. Yeah. So we talked about Zeke for MVP. What do you think on that? I am 100% on the Zeke for MVP train. Uh, Zeke has – this is the most important stat to me 
uh, and I'm probably one of the only ones that thinks this stat's so important, but Zeke has 58 first downs this year. Uh, he's number one in that category by a very wide margin, and you know that just shows those are the hard yards to get. That's the the third and two situation where you got to stretch out uh, and and do the ex put extra effort forward and really hustle for that extra yard. So Zeke can do that. He's got 58 first downs. Not only that, among players with 130 carries or more, Zeke has the most yards per carry. Uh, he's already over 1,000 yards so far, like I said, and he leads the NFL in yards by a very wide margin. Second place is DeMarco Murray. I think it's by about 80 yards, and DeMarco Murray's played an extra game. Yeah, one extra game, that'll do it for you. But I also believe Zeke leaves it leads in yards after contact yeah. and you can you can watch in the games and Zeke literally will get hit and power his way for another three or four yards like every time it is absolutely crazy he doesn't go down easy and he always falls down forward uh keep strong comparisons to Emmett Smith which is obviously a good thing and Emmett is very complimentary of Zeke I mean when Emmett comes out and says that he thinks Zeke will be just as good as him if not better you know Zeke is going to be Good. Yeah, I don't think there's anything stopping Zeke from – this is a bold statement, but I truly believe it. I don't think there's anything stopping Zeke from being the best running back of all time, not barring even, injuries. Not even Cowboys history, yeah. NFL history. Barring injuries. I mean, is, we haven't seen a talent like Zeke since Adrian Peterson. And I would even say Zeke's better than AP. Zeke does the blocking. Yeah. He's a way better pass catcher out of the backfield. Uh, Adrian Peterson's never really caught many passes out of the backfield. I compare a Leonard Fournette out of LSU to Adrian Peterson. I think Ezekiel Elliott's in his own class. Yeah, I'd, we don't see anyone else like him. <laughs> and we haven't since Emmett Smith, so that says a lot about Ezekiel Elliott. So should we move into our power rankings? I think we should. I think you should start, though. All right. At number one, I have the Dallas Cowboys. Woo. None said best record in the NFL. Everything's rolling right now. Eight-game win streak. Enough said. Um, number two, I have the New England Patriots. Yes, I realize they lost to the Seahawks, but, I mean, come on. It's the Patriots. They'll get it going. They've got everything. They're probably going to make it to the Super Bowl from that side. I hope not. I hope not, too, but <laughs> I'm just being realistic over here. They're a good team. Uh, Gronk is out, though, so that could... I thought he was questionable. Okay, I thought I saw... Because you know my fantasy team, and I keep getting the updates, and I'm watching it really closely to make sure I'm not... All I know is he's struggling with injury yeah. again, which is not good for them. Hit in the chest by, uh, was it Earl Thomas? Yeah, or, or at a party, Rage or something. Who knows? <laughs> uh, number three, I have the Seattle Seahawks moved up from number five on my list. As much as it pains me to do it, I'm going to put them up there. Um, number four, I have the Oakland Raiders. I'm still not exactly sure about them. Their division's pretty good, I guess. Uh, Derek Carr's look good, but I'm still not sold on them. Same with my number five, the Kansas City Chiefs. I just think there's a big drop-off after those top three, to be honest. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you almost exactly on the power rankings. As mine are very similar. One, I've got the Cowboys for obvious reasons. Two, the Patriots for obvious reasons. Three, the Seahawks for obvious reasons. Um, then my four and five are switched with you. At four, I have the Chiefs. Um, I think that comeback win they had over the weekend was – it said a lot about the team. They've got a great coaching, great – you know, they're a solid team. They don't have firepower, but I think they're a solid team. They find a way to win. And at number five, I've got the Raiders. Uh, they do have firepower, but I just don't think they're disciplined enough. And honestly, those two teams don't have a chance at the Super Bowl. 
I agree. I think it's honestly between – I think the Patriots are going to get there from the NFC, and I think the NFC Championship game will be Cowboys-Seahawks to see who takes on the Patriots. In Jerry World. As long as we keep winning. We need we need to keep winning for this first number one seed because yeah. nobody wants to play in Seattle in the playoffs in the NFC Championship. Exactly. Like It was kind of bittersweet that Seattle beat the Patriots because we got the number one record. Upset. But then again, like the Seahawks, uh, that would have put us another game ahead of them. So Yeah, hopefully that tie they had against the Cardinals screws them over and we, we get it. Even, yeah. even if it's close, we get it because they tied. Yeah, that could definitely come back to bite them in the butt. So we mentioned the Raiders and the Chiefs in our both of our top fives. Um, and that brings up the conversation about the best division. Both of those teams coming from the AFC West. Uh, seeing a lot of people saying the AFC West is the best division. Personally, I disagree. Uh, what's your take? NFC East or AFC West? Maybe a little biased, but I'm going to go NFC East. I mean, we've kind of all beat up on each other so far, and everyone is still in playoff contention. I mean, the three teams behind us, well, even the Giants are still in division contention with us. Yeah. I mean, it's sitting at 6-3, and three, and the Redskins and Eagles both have winning records and have a chance to get a wild card, and that's – I I don't know. I, I think that's the best division. Yeah, this Sunday, all NFC East teams won. Cowboys beat the Steelers, Giants beat the Bengals, Eagles beat the Falcons, and Redskins – Beat your Vikings. Yeah, my Vikings. Yeah. I never uh, said I was on the – let's clarify. I never said I liked the Vikings or I thought they were really good. I just said they had an easy schedule and should win 12 games. But, no, they're stupid, and Sam Bradford is being classic Sam Bradford, and the defense completely dropped off the face of this earth when they were really good. All right, Sam Bradford lover. Anyway, the uh, NFC East has no team under 500 for that reason. Uh, I'm taking the NFC East as the premier division in the NFL. Three of the four best records in the NFC are NFC East teams. Um, and this is an unbiased standpoint, AFC West versus NFC East. The NFC East has a 69% win percentage, and the AFC West has a 66 So it's Ooh. close, but the NFC East is better. The Chargers are really holding down the AFC yeah, West they are. at 4 and 6. They've got, what, two 7-2 and two teams? They have 7-2 seven and, seven two and three. for both the Chiefs and Raiders, and the Broncos are at 7-3. and three. And then they have the four and six, six chargers, chargers or whatever. Yeah. yeah, that's the difference between the uh, AFC West and the NFC East. We well, All of the teams in the East are solid. Well, and I think the East, I think we've all played each other at least once by now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they have. I just remember, I don't know. I mean, the Cowboys are sitting at 8-1, and one, Giants 6-3, and three, Skins 5-3-1, and one, and Eagles 5-4. and four. All chances to make it to the playoffs. I just think as an NFL fan, just taking the whole Cowboy fan aspect out of it, both of these division races are going to be really fun to watch. Not so much the NFC East because the Cowboys, uh, you know, it's still a race, but the Cowboys do have a handle on it. But for that wild card spot, there could be two, there could be three teams in the playoffs from the NFC East, and I think that's going to be really fun to watch play out. Yeah, I agree. There definitely could be three NFC East teams. I didn't even think about that. Or even, and three AFC West teams. That's true. You have six uh, playoff teams from two divisions. Yeah, but it's not going to matter on the AFC side. No, it's all the Patriots over there. Yeah, they're probably going to win that. I would love to see another team Beat other the than Patriots. the Patriots. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But we're just being realistic. We personally just think that it's going to happen, but who knows? Yeah, I'm Someone sticking my, with my prediction of the Patriots versus Cowboys, yep. as I'm assuming you are too. That is my Super Bowl 51. I think I predicted that like 
Not at first, because obviously no one saw the Cowboys being this good at Dak. Right, I was hoping for a wild card. I was a realist. Yeah, I was a realist about it. I was, I was thinking 9-7, and 10-6. and six. After, you know, three or four weeks when they started really getting on the train, I said, hey, I think we got a chance at the Super Bowl. And people laughed at first, but now people understand. Yep, and then all those people jumped on the Dak bandwagon and on the Cowboys bandwagon. Yeah, so the Super Bowl is played by a team from the AFC and a team from the NFC. And so is the game this Sunday as the Cowboys play their last interdivision or interconference game against the Baltimore Ravens, looking for the complete sweep over the AFC North. Yes, and the Ravens weren't—they weren't supposed to have a good defense this year, but I think they have like the sixth best overall defense, which has kind of been—that's kind of been their best, their best part of their game. I can't even name anybody on their defense. So. Terrell Suggs is the only one. He's still there. He's still there. How? He went to Maryland like 50 years ago, and he's still on the Ravens. I remember he was on the Ravens when I was like 10 years old. How old is he? I don't know. He played with Ray Lewis, though, so he's definitely been there a while. All right, I'm looking that one up. I need to find out Terrell Suggs' age. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the Ravens, they're, they're a defensive team. He's 34. Wow. Still going strong. He's a big dude. Does Steve Smith Sr. still play? Yeah. He's 37. Wow. That's that's old. How about Ed Reed? Does he still play? No, no I don't think there's so. There's no way. He'd be like 42. He yeah. was on, like, he was on someone. Yeah, was he on the Niners? I don't know. All right, we're getting off track. Yeah, Yeah, sorry. Let's get back. Let's uh, preview this Ravens game. Ravens coming off of a – I don't want to be that guy to compare scores because I don't think it's really – it's really like – Transitive property. Yeah, but like in Baltimore, Baltimore beat Cleveland 28-7. to And not not trying to say anything, but the Cowboys put up 35 on the Browns in Cleveland. Not like it was a hostile environment because there were 85% Cowboys fans there. Yeah. I'm a guy that likes to talk about firepower when I talk about teams. Um, kind of like, for example, I think the Raiders have firepower and the Chiefs don't. The Ravens don't have firepower. No. And I don't think they can keep up with the Cowboys' offense. Uh, Come on, Joe Flacco's the definition of firepower. Didn't he sign some giant contract? He was, at one point, the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. That's so funny, because I haven't heard his name brought up in a football conversation for five years. I mean, he got a Super Bowl, but he's about the most average quarterback you can get in the yeah, NFL. Yeah, he's, he's aggressively mediocre. I think that's the way to describe him. They need Ray Rice back. I've, I kind of feel bad for Ray Rice. I know, like, yeah, no, I understand exactly what happened. But, like... The the woman that whole situation he ended up marrying that woman right he's still with her she I don't know I mean yeah it was horrible what he did it's awful he deserved to be punished but he's a good running back I mean you think, <laughs> you think someone would pick him up by now yeah I mean he's apologized to the public he's with his girlfriend still I think they're married I think they're married they have kids I mean that shows that she forgave him so I feel like so should some NFL GM. I don't know, that's just me. Maybe that's awful this, to say. We we're but. so off track. This was not on our sheet. We did not Oh no, talk not about at all. Ray Rice, we got but, off the sheet a while ago though. But how can you bring up the Ravens without talking about Ray Rice? Yeah, he was the front of that franchise for a while. Uh, anyway, the Raven the 2016 Ravens um somehow are in first place of the NFC North. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. I guess the Steelers have been struggling. Steelers and Bengals have been underperforming, yeah. and the Browns are the Browns. I think, personally, the Steelers are going to win that division. Oh, me too. They're they're the best team in that division. Yeah, I don't think anybody should jump to any conclusions saying the Baltimore Ravens are going to win the NFC North. But as of right now, they lead the division. Uh, looking at my stat sheet here, they have the third best defense in the NFL. They average giving up 17.8 points per game. Um, 
but they have the 24th offense in the NFL, uh, averaging only 20 points per game. So, like I said, no firepower there. Yeah, besides Joe Flacco, I don't know that I can name someone on the offense. Isn't that old Browns running back on there, West? Oh, Terrence, Terrence West. West. Yeah. yeah, he's on my fantasy team. That's the only reason. I and then him. Steve Smith's. No, he's not no, on there anymore. He's on. I'm mixing up all these old yeah, players. These old guys are getting in the way. Uh, who are the receivers? I can't name. They used to have Anquan Bolden and Steve Smith, Tory Smith. They used to have. Oh, Tory Smith. He went to Maryland too, didn't he? Yeah. Is, he's on the Niners, I think. Yeah, he is. Yeah, you know it's a good sign when you're about to play a team and you can't even name receivers from the other team. Oh, didn't they have Joe? Mike Wallace is on the oh, Ravens that's now. That's right. That's, that's it. right. All right, Mike Wallace. I think Devin Hester's there at age 96. Um, other than that, I don't know if I can name any. So de- a good defense supposedly versus a good offense and a mediocre offense versus a okay defense. Something <laughs> funny about this game is uh, the Ravens somehow have the number one rushing defense in the NFL. And it seems like we've played the number one rushing defense a few times this year. But after we play them, they're not number one anymore. Yeah, they fall to like 15. After yeah, because Zeke will run for 10,000 yards on them and they won't be number one anymore. So hopefully that's the case again this Sunday. Yeah, I'm I'm still not sold on the Ravens defense. I mean, like we said, we can't even name anyone besides Terrell Suggs, and he's been in the league for like 40 years. You know, as as a guy that old, you can have all the talent in the world, but at some point your body just isn't as quick as your mind. And I think that – I haven't watched a lot of Ravens football this year, but I think that's likely happened to Terrell Suggs. I, he's probably not the player he was. We can probably only name him because he was once a big name. So I don't know if they even have any big names in their defense. Yeah, so hopefully hopefully Zeke can run all over. Then again, we're not Baltimore Ravens enthusiasts. Right. We didn't even – we don't know anyone on their roster like yeah, at all. Terrence West. Terrence West. He was on my fantasy team like two years ago. He was good, but I don't know. It took me to the playoffs and I lost as usual. Yeah. But it's all right. <laughs> all right, so before we get even more off track, let's go ahead and make our predictions for Sunday's game. Cowboys, Ravens, who do you got? What's the score? You go first again. I am not prepared. I You're totally prepared. Again, man. All right, so I don't think this one's going to be too much of a challenge for the Cowboys. Um, I think the Cowboys are going to put up a lot of points on the supposedly good Ravens defense. The Dak Zeke two-headed monster is going to carry them to score 38 points on offense. Um, I think the Ravens will score 28 thanks to a garbage time touchdown. Cowboys win 38-28. Nine game win streak. All right, so what I just whipped up in about seven seconds, you know, I it I was cal- eight. I calculated a bunch of stuff, punched some numbers, or punched. I'm some sure numbers. you did. Yeah, I punched numbers. I crunched numbers, and uh, I got Cowboys thirty four, Ravens twenty. Did you just watch a lot of film in that seven seconds too? Yeah, I did actually. So I that's a pretty a, good. Watch a lot of uh, Terrell Suggs in that seven seconds. What year Terrell Suggs? Like two thousand one Terrell no, Suggs. No, this year he's looking good. Oh, yeah. What's his uh, 40 time looking like? Uh, 5.41. <laughs> <laughs> so you watch a lot of film, crunch a lot of numbers in that sec- six seconds. That's a hard thing to say. Six, six second seconds. Span. Six second span. Six-second span. All right, I think I got it now. Um, so that's a pretty reliable prediction. I go 38-28. You went 34-20? Yep. All right, so like I said, before we get more off track, let's go ahead and make our closing statements. Do you have any final statements? Go Cowboys. Sounds like a good enough final statement to me. Uh, This is the Road to Six radio show. We drop weekly on iTunes. You can find me on Twitter at the Cowboy Star. Adam, where can we find you? At Demboys underscore news. All right, that's going to do it for this edition. Go Cowboys!